To the untrained eye, real estate is the business of shelter, of comfort, of home. But industry insiders know that just behind the curtain resides a world teeming with innovation and disruption and sometimes brutal competition. And there, in the midst of it all, stand our industry leaders, the folks with the answers to our million-dollar questions in real estate. We've got one of those leaders here for you today. I'm Jessica Edgerton. And I'm Tarko Heidinga from leading real estate companies of the world. Let's pull back the curtain. Welcome to Million Dollar Question. This is a Soulfire production. Welcome here to another episode of Million Dollar Question. Today, we are very fortunate to have really a true legend here with us, all the way from the Philippines. We're going to welcome Mike Mabuto, and we're going to talk about why do agents need to transition more from local to global? If anybody can talk about transitioning an agency from not only a local business to a global business, Mr. Mike Mabuto will be really able to tell you more about this. But before... I'm going to ask him some questions. Let me first introduce him, right? So Mike is the president and managing director at Pinnacle Real Estate Consulting Services, Makati City, Philippines. And of course, a proud member here at leading real estate companies of the world. Mike has been in the real estate industry for over 21 years. His experience in real estate is broad, ranging from representing property owners, investors, buyers, and tenants in selling or leasing properties and managing diversified portfolios to finding opportunities in the capital markets. His primary focus in the last 10 years is assisting banks and investment funds in the disposing of their non-performing assets. And he's also considered as one of the property auctioneers in the country. Mike has sold and resolved more than 2,000 properties, amounting to more than 2.5 billion Filipino pesos. Prior to joining Pinnacle, he worked uh, for seven straight years for one of the top global property consulting firms as director for investments and capital markets. Uh, he has worked with a lot of big clients such as Shell, Lehman Investments, Credit Acrogol, uh, CS, uh, CLSA, HSBC, and many more. And also Mike Holtz and is graduated uh, with a BA of political science degree from the University of the Philippines. Enough of the introduction, let's just welcome Mr. Mike Mabuto. Mike, how are you? Hey, thanks for that uh, introduction, Taco. Uh, I'm doing good, as always. Uh, it's, uh, well, a little rainy uh, in the Philippines. Oh, it's rainy in the Philippines, right? Okay, well, uh, this uh, I'm recording this from Malaysia right now. I think the rain is coming this way. I see some dark clouds coming out there, so I think you're pushing that our way uh, at the moment. But that's all fine. We're all safe inside. Uh, Mike, just before, you know, we, we, we have that million-dollar question for you later. But before I get there, uh, I just want to know, you know, how are things on your side of the world? How are things in the Philippines? And and maybe you can give us a little update on what is happening in your market. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, the Philippines is coming from uh, uh, the election season. Uh, we just uh, wrapped up our election uh, about 30 days ago. And, uh, well, it was uh, peaceful, I would say. Uh, then, of course, our, our country, like every country in the world, is coming from post-COVID. Uh, we are somehow learned how to live with, with the virus. Uh, it was contained uh, about six months ago, and our, our country and our economy is on our recovery stage right now. Um, just like uh, every country as well, uh, we are 
uh, how would I put it, coming from uh, the bottom, so there's really no way but up, so that it follows that the real industry, uh, real estate industry, is on the same uh, uh, page. Uh, just to well dig deeper in terms of uh, well, subsectors of the real estate industry, um, of course, uh, our, 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 our industry, the real estate industry is uh, still being driven by the business process outsourcing or the call centers. Uh, it is, uh, well, the main takers or main locators of office market um, still. And, uh, well, especially during, uh, well, a crisis or, well, a pandemic, uh, most countries, of course, would rationalize their expenses. So they would still look at countries like the Philippines, uh, 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 Southeast Asian countries, and India to outsource some of their, some of their uh, business functions to uh, basically address the, well, the bottom line uh, uh, expenses. So we are on the receiving end of that. Again, that's driving the, the office market. And then in terms of other sectors, you have industrial, which has been uh, stable for the uh, 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 last uh, 10 to 15 years, even during the pandemic, even with the emergence of, uh, uh, of e-commerce, or especially with the emergence of e-commerce, the need for warehouses for logistics uh, is, is still there. Then in terms of residential, uh, well, high-end residential has been uh, uh, stable even, again, during the pandemic. Uh, the buyers are still there. Uh, low to mid-end, of course, is somehow uh, uh, suffering. But again, we're coming from the bottom, so there's really no way but up. And then the most affected, of course, as uh, everywhere else, is the hospitality, the hotel, the beach, uh, or the resort uh, sector. So... Uh, I would say or confidently say that, uh, well, this could bounce back, especially the travel restrictions are are lifted. It will bounce back in the next coming months. Wonderful, wonderful. That that is a, that is a great overview. You can see that Mike has some experience in uh, ha explaining markets to people. I think that's more from your investment background, right? Giving a real yeah. overview of what's happening from every single industry. Uh, but that's good to know. And I like what you said, you know, uh, coming all the way from the bottom, there's only one way up that is basically going up again. Right. So that that, that is really good. Um, having said that, let, let's let's just go straight into it and, and dive a little bit deeper into that million dollar question. Something that I really wanted to ask you, Mike, uh, looking you, you know, you are uh, you know, in an Asian country connecting with the with the rest of the world. Right. Uh, you have been, of course, with uh, leading RE for some time now. Uh, to to basically get that more global exposure, right, in and and out of the company, uh, uh, out of the company, and as the real estate is of course globalizing, uh, more people are looking around the world for the best deals uh, in in real estate. Now the key, of course, is is also preparing your real estate agents for this, right? All the the, the people in your company, uh, so that they can represent themselves better internationally. So the key question here right now, or I have to say, the million dollar question is. How do you prepare your agents to become more internationally? And what do you do specifically to help your team to get into that mindset of rather only being local, also becoming more global? Well, good, good, good uh, question, Taco. Uh, 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 well, it's really hard or we do discourage people to just go out there and be an expert of... Uh, markets outside yours so the, the first important thing that you should be doing of course do your own research and research could could uh uh could expand to to, to uh well culture 
of course, the loss of that particular market that you would like your client to invest in. Um, identify, of course, opportunities, the numbers, basically, for the types of buyers who would just look at numbers, uh, it, uh, the likes of institutional investors, uh, uh, venture capitalists, those, those, those kinds of clients. So there are things that you should be aware of before going out of your uh, local market or local expertise. Uh, and then it, it goes with, of course, under, understanding your limitations. While you have done your research, you will only be limited to what you have probably uh, uh, read or what you, have, or what you have probably researched on. So when you do, when you do know, when you already know your limitations, that's a time, of course, that you would, you should leverage on, uh, on the network, on your connection, and that goes without saying that uh, that's where we, that's where leading RE would come in. That's where our global network would would come in. We're experts locally. We are global. Uh, we're, we're global experts because of the network or because of the connections that we have within the leading RE network. Uh, then probably the, the fourth uh, advice that I would always tell my agents or any other uh, uh, parties who would like to uh, be internationally prepared is going back to basics. No matter how, no matter how expert uh, you are when it comes to well international market or lo uh, uh, local market for that matter, you should always go back to basics. And going back to basics means uh, reaching as many as you can. Uh, be professional, uh, always equip yourself with, of course, knowledge. And then um, our, 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 our business is all about the numbers. It's always a numbers game. So go back to basics, reach as many as, many as, you, as you can. And there are also, of course, the other approach of shotgun approach is the rifle approach, uh, identifying the, the market that you need to, to tap in. So, and then... Uh, have that, have that, of course, global global mindset. Your clients would always look for opportunities elsewhere or outside your local market. And that's, again, going back to my third point, which is basically leveraging your, your network and your connection. Wonderful, wonderful. That, those, are, those are some amazing points. Uh, following up on that a little bit, you, you talk about a, a global mindset. And I know we, we have seen each other, uh, you know, recently in Phuket, you know, traveling a bit. Uh, uh, you know, to, to see each other, right? Uh, how important is it that as an agent, you get familiar with other markets and maybe even with the other agents in other markets, right? Meeting them, uh, going to visit them, uh, you know, maybe getting to conferences, uh, seeing each other. H how relevant and how important is that, you know, uh, to, to make that part of your, your business strategy? Yeah, uh, actually related to that, I'm always asked... Uh, uh, well, a question on, uh, well, if there's one thing that I would advise our fellow, fellow members, our fellow agents, our fellow uh, uh, brokerage owners, it's, again, my, my, my first question, uh, my first answer would always be attend those events. Uh, yeah. you, basically, you basically gain two things there. One, you understand the market. We do, we do, we do property uh, tours. So you, you understand the market, you understand the culture, and then if you're asked, of course, by your client's house, for example, Phuket, um, uh, there, there's probably a long list of, of things and, and selling points that I could uh, uh, mention because I've experienced, uh, I've experienced the market, I've experienced Phuket. 
Then the other thing is our business about our our business is basically about relationship, and yeah. it would be a lot easier for you to refer to someone within our network to to uh, uh, to to someone who had uh, well you you've met or you're com- or you're comfortable uh, comfortable with in terms of uh, well of course referring a client. So it's really yeah. important that you go to those events basically to. To, to gain knowledge in terms of local market, uh, in terms of the country that you are, are in front of your client to, and then, well, opportunities as well. And then, again, uh, relationship. Uh, building the relationship, building the comfort level, building the uh, rapport with fellow members uh, 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 to whom you're going to uh, uh, refer clients to. Cannot, cannot agree more with that. And that does give me the opportunity to quickly... Uh say that we have an event coming up, right? We have our big global symposium coming uh, in uh, Lisbon, in Cascais, Lisbon, Portugal, on the 29th of September, 30th of September and the 1st of October. That's going to be a great event. It's going to be great to bring everybody from around the world again, uh, uh, you know, to meet each other, to network with each other, to build those relationships, everything what Mike just said. So uh, keep your uh, calendar open and you can start registering already for the Global Symposium. So we are looking forward in seeing you uh, there. Uh, back to you, Mike. You know, you, you focus yourself also quite a bit on international sales. You know, your clients come from all over the world. What are some of the key factors that you look at that an international investor might be looking for, maybe in the Philippines or anywhere else in the world? What, what are international investors actually looking for? Well, uh, our, our clients or our buyers, there, there are two types of clients or, or buyers coming from the Philippines. One, uh, the first type is, well, the buyers who are looking for end-use properties, meaning second home or vacation houses. So uh, when it comes to that, of course, the, the, the most important thing is, of course, uh, political stability, uh, price, uh, of, of the property and one good and then there are other benefits that they are looking at. Uh, one good example is the golden visa. So for golden for, for Filipinos who are uh, considering uh, uh, well houses or vacation houses outside of the country, they're looking at well the benefits as well. And again, as I mentioned, the golden visa opportunity of of uh, a lot of European countries uh, being offered to. Uh, investors uh, somehow uh, entice most uh, buyers here. So that's one of the factors we're looking at. And then you have the other kind of buyer or ki- other 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 uh, uh, kind of, uh, of, of clients coming from uh, the Philippines, which is basically the investors. So they don't really care how the property looks like. It's probably in the bottom of the list of criteria. They just look at the numbers, the return of investment, the exit mechanism, the the well taxes, the loss, the well again the limitations, restrictions of putting their money in and getting them and getting them out. So they're basically the the the, the first type of buyer, the end users. They look at the uh, uh, the physical factors of of, of a property. Then at the other side of the spectrum you have the institutional buyers you have the investors who are looking at the numbers basically the return of investment and uh how how, how fast they could recover uh, uh their investment wonderful wonderful yeah I, 
very true, right? It's, it's kind of like either, uh, you know, here, funny enough, in Malaysia, they would say it's either own stay or it's investment, right? And own stay yeah. is like it's for myself or investment. It's like what kind of return I want to put my money in something. Can I get a four, five, six, seven? What a kind of return of investment on this? And, and it's all about the numbers and that you are able to calculate those numbers correctly. And that brings me, of course, you were mentioning it already a little bit, you know, golden visa, uh, you know, countries that are that that might be interested, right? And and again, from the Philippines, right? I know you do some very interesting things, uh, Mike, by setting up webinars where you uh, introduce opportunities all around the world to uh, the Philippines, right? In 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 kind of educating them of what is out there, right? The golden visa related with the real estate, uh, but also cultural things. You know, where can they go in Europe, right? So just curious to know, right? What what are some of those popular countries? Uh, that that attracts uh, people in the Philippines and and uh, and what are they specifically then looking at right what 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 is it that they find fun what is it that they find interesting uh, and 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 why is that in that way yeah uh, well Filipino buyers would uh, there, there are two usual destinations uh, of, of Filipino buyers uh, if they're investing outside of the country uh, one of course would be the U.S. and the other one is uh, uh, Europe and again the, the, those types of buyers are looking for uh, second home or vacation, vacation, vacation homes. And uh, just recently, we had the opportunity to uh, well host a webinar, as you have said earlier, host a webinar uh, uh, showcasing two countries, uh, Spain and Portugal. Again, the, the golden visa of these countries are in place. So it's somehow a benefit enticing our buyers to, to look, at this, look at these countries. So in that, in that webinar, uh, our, our partner members coming from Spain and Portugal uh, basically promoted two things. One, uh, the country. Uh, well, basically promoted three things. One, the country. Second, the opportunities uh, of investing in a property or the, the properties that they're, they're, they're currently marketing to uh, 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 buyers outside of Spain and Portugal. And then third, the golden visa opportunity, which is basically, well, uh, a good selling point for uh, uh, for these countries if you're marketing to Southeast Asian countries, if you're marketing to uh, Filipinos to be to be specific, because that's uh, additional benefit that we could enjoy as uh, as as a buyer, as an investor in those particular countries. Wonderful, wonderful, so interesting. Uh, yeah, I know that it was quite quite a large group for both Europe and the U.S. And uh, and you're talking really a lot of people, right? That 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 are looking into those countries, right? Do you, do you know of any numbers yearly that that either move out for for long periods of time or short periods of time to these countries? Is there is there any data that you know of uh, for for Philippines moving to these countries? We probably we probably don't have the data yet of, yeah. of uh, Filipinos investing outside of the Philippines, but. Uh, I guess it's important to point out, and it's 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 pretty much obvious that we Filipinos are are uh, everywhere. I said you name <laughs> it, uh, name it, uh, 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 Europe, Middle East, uh, 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 U.S., Asian countries. We're there. We're probably next to the Chinese and Indians when it comes to global global presence. We have, uh, if I'm not mistaken, we have about. 2.5 to 3 million 
overseas Filipino uh, uh, workers. Uh, yep. So it's it's always and these these Filipinos uh, Filipinas are uh, basically looking for opportunities as well. Once they have once they have bought their primary homes here in the Philippines, and 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 there are Filipinos who are uh, uh, somehow decided to stay longer in 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 countries where they are working. So again, yep. the, the opportunity for uh, to sell to these Filipinos or to, to our countrymen are always there outside of the Philippines. Wonderful, wonderful. That's very good to know. Very good to know. Yeah, I know that. I mean, the Filipinas are everywhere. I see them everywhere. I meet them everywhere, and it's always wonderful. Because first of all, they're so kind, and second of all, I find them always so adaptive to to you know whatever region they go. Right? They're so easy to blend in everywhere. What I always find very, very amazing, and uh, and and you know just very nice. Um, you know, uh, let, let's dive also go back to 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 Pinnacle a little bit, right? So, like since you're with Leading RE, of course, you have to prepare your team to become more global, from like you say the local local experts. And then uh, basically, uh, and then going global and and being representative global. I know that you're also a big fan of of training, of ongoing training, professionalizing your agents, right? Uh, what are some of the key skills your your agents need to master to thrive in this business and also to thrive globally? Yeah, I, I guess this goes back to my earlier point on uh, what you should be doing before you go out of uh, of, of uh, your local market. Uh, my point of, of uh, basically going back to, well, the basics. So I would always ask for uh, uh, three things uh, in terms of training. One, uh, negotiation skills or uh, specifically focusing on uh, conv- convincing decision makers. It's really yeah. important as, uh, as uh, you need to equip your agents on how to convince a buyer on how to negotiate, on how to, to uh, say, highlight selling points, and basically how to sell. So as, yeah. basic, as, as basic as that. Then uh, the third, the second uh, training probably that I would like to uh, focus on would be on how to maximize social media, the do's and don'ts. Um, it's it's cheaper, it's uh, it has wider reach, uh, reach, so it very much works for... Uh, the shotgun approach of reaching as many yeah. buyers, as many clients as you as you can. And then third is, well, uh, it's basically leadership. Because one agent will be probably uh, handling several agents as well um, in the next coming months or years. So they need to be equipped with the knowledge or, or wisdom or experience or expertise of, of handling people. So negotiation skills, uh, how to maximize social media uh, platforms and then leadership. Wow, wonderful! I really like that. So, negotiate. I so much agree with negotiations because, like, how to sell it's the basics of, of of our business, right? We need to know how to sell and and be able to close the deal, right? So super important. And social media probably very much related to lead generation, right? How to get more people in front of more people, right? How to get get your your yourself in front of more people, your listings, your properties. And then leadership, I, I really love it, right? Leadership is so important. I mean, everybody that goes into real estate is kind of like an entrepreneur by itself, but eventually you want to kind of grow a team and and, and kind of scale your business at a certain point. So uh, speaking, uh, uh, you know, on, on that part, right? Uh, looking then a little bit on the future of the real estate, right? Let, let's look a couple of years ahead. You know, this, this business 
as that, that has always been talk, right? Will technology one day take over our business, our jobs? Um, will technology disrupt us like many other industries, like, for example, the, the taxi industry and the restaurant industry and the insurance industry, right? And, um, you know, it's interesting to look at what are the obstacles right now, you know, and what, what do you see happening in our business line and how, how are you preparing to overcome that, right? What, what do you see for the future? Do you see technology as an obstacle? Do you see other things as an obstacle? How do you see the future for your business? Yeah, uh, let's go first to, well, obstacles. Uh, I believe you, you mentioned the first uh, obstacle or, or challenge or threat that our industry will be facing very soon or is, uh, is already facing now. Uh, that is, of course, the digita digitalization of our industry. There were attempts already on, on, on the possibility of, uh, of us being replaced by bots, yes. by technology, uh, <laughs> a threat to our existence or, or the, the, the need for, for us brokers is actually yeah. uh, at risk or being threatened. So that's the first obstacle that, uh, uh, that I'm seeing. And then, uh, it, then the second would always be uh, well, competition. Uh, we are competing with thousands of brokers, thousands of real estate industry players. In some markets, the the, the profession is actually not yet, uh, uh, how would I put it, uh, professionalized, or the, the, the practice is not yet professionalized. So when when the situation is like that, of course, your your competition is uh, actually huge. You're, compete, you're competing with moms, with pops who are, are trying to be a real estate broker. So again, that's a second obstacle, the second threat, uh, the existence of our competitors for the competition. And then third, of course, uh, market forces. So market, the market factors. Um, you have, of course, the the the, the global market uh, somehow affects it. There's that saying that uh, when Western countries sneezes, countries uh, sneeze, uh, it affects the Southeast Asian countries or Asian countries. Uh, uh, in general, so those are probably one of the well uh, obstacles that we are facing every day. You have the post post pandemic uh, result, then you have war in Ukraine result, the prices of gasoline. So these market forces are are somehow affecting, or are one of our uh, obstacles right now in terms of uh, in terms of uh, convincing our buyers and investors to well invest in properties. And how to overcome this? Um, I'm sorry, I keep on hearing from me. Uh, the phrase going back to basics because that's how it should be. We always yeah. go back to basics. Our, again, our, our industry is about relationship. So on yeah. that threat of uh, our industry being replaced by robots or by bots, by technology, uh, we have to go back to basics, or to the basic of uh, establishing, creating the need for us brokers. Uh, I guess we couldn't be, we, 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 there's no way that, uh, well, a broker, a human being would be replaced by bot. Because, because the relationship is not there. Again, our business is about relationships. So create the need for us brokers. And that's how you overcome it. And then second, uh, well, professionalism, basically. So being professional somehow addresses your, uh, the obstacle of competition. Uh, uh, putting your uh, self above average by being uh, a professional. Then when it comes to market forces, how would you would how, how you would overcome it? It's it boils down to identifying opportunities even during crisis. And opportunities, mm -hmm. as we always say, 
are, are still there even during even during crisis. So being creative, being flexible, basically would address that obstacle of market of market forces. Wow, wow, wow! I can, I couldn't have asked for a better answer there. This is really wonderful, Mike. Uh, the, yeah, like you said, technology has been there for a while. They have tried many different ways into into to to take our business away or to 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 you know uh, find ways to to replace us. But I think because you said the back to the basics, that's kind of the theme of this interview right now. Go back to the basics. It's all about relationship building. It's an emotional business, right? We have to be able to present, uh, you know, have that that emotional you know, back and forth with our clients in order to help them make decisions in this business. And because of that, uh, yeah, technology, yeah, it's there, but it's more of a tool that we can help to use to leverage rather than it's a tool to replace us, I guess. Huh? Wonderful, wonderful. Mike, as we're getting close to, to an end, I, I do think you would like the next question, although it's a little bit a question out of, uh, out of you know, the theme that we have, but it would be fun. You know, I asked this also to other guests and I always like to, know keep this in to see you know if we get a variety of answers or we give we get like a pattern of answers so it's fun to see um you know imagine this right mike you you would just have to start all over again right you need to build your agency your brokerage from scratch what are three things you would focus on in the first 30 days of building your business again and why are those three things important all right well i would have probably chosen a different career <laughs> you maybe would just say let's not start in real estate again <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe youtuber an influencer YouTuber. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, 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 but aside, it's a good question actually um uh because well every day of course you have to assess on how you could have uh done better so there there, there are probably three things that uh uh, uh uh things that i would have uh changed Yes. Uh, from day one. Uh, three things. Well, let's start with the first thing would be uh, from day one, I should have uh, had that online presence already. Yes. That online presence meaning being heavy in terms of marketing online, being heavy in terms of, of uh, maximizing all social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, even, even probably TikTok. Uh, I don't know how it works, but uh, uh, yeah. being there, being seen. Yeah. As again, it's faster, it's cheaper, and has it has wider wider reach. And again, our our, our business is about numbers game. It's about reaching as as as, as yeah. many as you can. And there's no other way to do it but to have your online presence. And if we're we're somehow late in the game probably a year or two or three years late in terms of being heavy on online presence. And we're catching up. But again, if, 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 if there's an opportunity to change it, somehow I could have started that on day one. Then uh, we're, we're, the second thing is we're all guilty of uh, being all over the board. I mean, you try to do uh, uh, things. Or you try to be well jacks of a uh, jack of all of all trades, so to speak. So mm -hmm. the second thing I, I could I probably change, or I would probably change, is uh, uh, identifying identifying uh, my my niche market, mm. and not, not not be being all over the board. Because uh, it, it goes back to your expertise 
it goes back to well the people that you have it goes back to your experience or knowledge of knowledge of the knowledge of the market and then the third thing modesty aside or, 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 or to, to be honest uh, day one I would have applied already for a leading RE membership uh, because global brand uh, global it has global reach which basically helps us a lot in terms of uh, servicing our clients needs outside of, of the Philippines and getting opportunities as well from other from other markets or from other countries it's it's an additional source of revenue uh, uh, for us and then of course the global brand helps us in terms of uh, in terms of marketing in terms of uh, well uplifting our uplifting our uh, global uh, standards wonderful wonderful those are three amazing points uh, Mike that you have there really like the like the like the second one right that that I also see a lot of people do there they too quickly go all over the place and then they lose focus and because they lose focus they only get like 10% of 10% of, of, of certain areas and uh, doesn't mean you can never expand as you build your team. You can always go into multiple areas, but as one person going in multiple areas, it seems mostly to be distracting rather to give you the benefit of, of really building that business. So thank you so much for giving that that great advice uh, from, from your, what is it already? 21 years of experience, right? Uh, did it go that fast, uh, Mike, looking back? Yeah, uh, well, it, it goes fast, but at the same time, Every day was, well, a different uh, uh, challenge on its own. Yes, of course. Real estate stays a challenging business uh, on that. So thank you so much, Mike. And before I let you go, uh, you know, I just want to remind our listeners again that we have our global symposium coming in Cascais, Portugal on the uh, 29th of September, 30th September, 1st of October. We still have a few spots left, so very limited. We only have like 200 spots uh, for this event so uh, you can find the link here probably in our podcast notes so find them click there and reserve your seats and we will see you then at the end of september in Cascais, portugal what is by the way a beautiful beautiful area uh, before i let you go uh, mike is there any final words notes something you would like to say to our audience uh, before we end this session well, uh, well, thank you for this opportunity to uh, basically promote promote the Philippines. Uh, well, share some of my uh, how would I call it wisdom, probably. A lot <laughs> and, of wisdom. And uh, again, uh, see you soon. Well, uh, speaking to, to to other members, and let's do business. Let's do sell properties. Yes, let's do business together. I really like that. Ladies and gentlemen, I was uh, was a great honor to have Mike Mabuto here with us here today at Million Dollar Questions. We will see each other again, Mike, very, very soon. Thanks to all the listeners out there, and we will see you again in our next episode. Have a great day, everyone. See you next time. Bye-bye.